With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects. We know there's something on your to-do list this weekend. So why not move it over to our to-do list and let us help you get the job done. All you got to do is pick up the phone first. The number again is one eight 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 money pit. Hey, coming up this hour, we're going to talk about the inside and how it's sort of going outside when it comes to hardwood floors. You know, they're very, very popular inside. In fact, they're so popular, they're now becoming the standard for decking outside your house. They're influencing trends, but you don't have to pay a fortune to have tropical hardwoods flown in from some far off country and probably (laughs) break every environmental rule imaginable. No, We have a technological solution in the way of composite decking because now composite decking technology is getting so good, so accurate, so cool that these decks can look just like very, very expensive tropical hardwoods. We're going to tell you just how to make your deck look that way in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, we're going to share with you step-by-step instructions for cleaning your outdoor furniture. That's right. You do need to clean it. It's been in storage all winter, and it does get a little grimy as the season goes along. So we're going to help you bring your deck or patio furniture back to its original glory with the right cleaning supplies. Plus, if you are planning a summer getaway, you might want to think about the security of your home because 56% of the break-ins that occur in homes across the country happen when burglars march in your front or back doors. That's right. They don't use windows. They don't cut through walls. They walk in the door the same way you and the rest of your family do. How do you avoid that? Well, by beefing up that entry. We're going to tell you how to do that in just a few minutes. All right, and pick up the phone and give us a call with your home improvement question because this hour we're giving away a great prize, especially if you've got a whole bunch of tools but nowhere to store them. We've got for you the Proto Cantilever Toolbox from ConstructionEquipmentPlus.com. It's a great it, prize. It's worth 94 bucks. Going to go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question on today's show. Again, the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? Richard in Florida, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a home in Florida. It's a slab home built about eight years ago, and it's got about 1,500 square feet of ceramic tile down on the floor. Okay. And that that tile is broken loose from the floor, from the slab. It's, it, the grout hasn't been broken out, but everything seems to be in a number of areas floating, and I don't know what to do, and I, I, I don't know if I can tear it out and put wood over it or is there something going on that I don't understand? 
Well, depends on how it was put down to begin with, but it sounds to me like this is an adhesion issue. And uh, is how much of this floor is loose, would you say? Is it, uh, you know, 5%, 10%, 1%, what? Well, when it started uh, three years ago, started that happening, I'd say it was about 1%. Right now, I'd say it's up to about 20%. Uh, well, at this point, you're going to have to take that tile out, I think. I think you're going to end up taking it out and starting from scratch and, and using a you know a good quality adhesive to put the new tile down. I don't think this is a problem that should repeat itself if the tile was installed right to begin with, but it sounds to me like it wasn't, and that's why it's loosening up. I mean, you could continue to try to reattach the loose stuff, but you know, just by the time you get one section done, another section is going to loosen up again. Cindy in Virginia needs some help getting her deck ready for the season. What can we do for you? Yes. Um, I painted my deck white. It was previously stained, and it uh, it keeps getting this blackish, like, mole or substance on it, and I've tried crud cutter and uh, siding cleaner and soap and water, and it just will not keep it off of there. Can you tell me what it is or what this I is a do wood, about it? This is a wood deck? It is. Have you used a deck cleaner? I have. Hmm. Uh, you used back. one that, that had oxygenated bleach in it? Or even just bleach and water or OxyClean? I've, I've tried OxyClean as well, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't lighten it up at all? There's a product it lightens out- it up, but it just keeps coming back. Okay. I mean, it's okay. just like it covers it up for a day or two, and then it comes right back. It comes back in a day or two? Well, it seems like a day or two. Seems Maybe like a, a little longer. It could be a month or two, but it seems like a day or two. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the area that this deck in. Is it very shady? It, we have a tree mm-hmm. hanging over the deck. Yeah. Well, that's clearly contributing to it because you get tree droppings and you also have the shade. The shade blocks the sun and the sun is the best mildew site mm-hmm. out there. And the deck is an organic material. So, you know, everything that's on there, you get the shade, you get the moisture, you get the wood deck, and all of a sudden you've got mold or mildew growth right there. Well, I get this. Um, morning sun, but the afternoon and evening, it's definitely shaded. Hmm. I would, if I were you, Cindy, I, I would try to really work at it with some bleach and water and like, you know, a good amount of elbow grease. But I think what you're going to see is if you mix up some bleach and water, maybe 50-50, pour it on the area, let it sit for like 10 or so minutes, do this in the morning time when you've got the sun on that area, and you'll see that that's going to really cut down on that mold and get rid of it and then once it's gone i would i mean it's always going to come back if you don't try to get some sun on it for a larger portion of the day is there an area of the tree that you can trim back you know can you do something to get more sunlight on this and then once you've killed off whatever is there i mean i don't know how long ago you painted it maybe it's time to prime and paint again so that you're sealing in whatever's there that you've cleaned and killed and then starting from scratch, if you will, and getting some more sunlight on it, that, sh- that should help you right there. Okay. I'll give that a try. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. John in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've heard you address this problem, I'm sure, before, but we got mold on the outside. we got vinyl siding, mm-hmm. and it's on the north side of the house, and it's on the siding. And okay. then uh, we've noticed it on, uh, we've got a bedroom that's on the, north side of the house, and we've noticed it on the ceiling in okay. there, and, and the kitchen's on the north side of the house, and we've noticed it on some of the kitchen cabinets okay. outside. So, Is this a single-story house, or is there a ceiling of, is there another floor above where the mold is forming? 
It, it's a single, single story. Do the kitchen and the bedroom share a wall? No, they don't. One's at, kind of at the one end of the house, one's at the other. They, it sounds to me like there's a couple things going on here. First of all, mold forming on the north side of the house is not the least bit unusual because that's the cold side. Mm-hmm, it's and, shady side. Yeah, you can use a siding wash to clean that. You can also trim back trees and anything that's that's providing an excessive amount of shade on that side, let alone more sun, and that will have a natural effect of, of keeping it clean. As far as these the uh, ceilings are concerned, um, I would take a look at the attic and make sure you have proper ventilation because what it sounds like is that you have a cold section of the ceiling near the exterior wall, and as a result, you're getting more condensation there, and the moisture and the condensation is causing mold to grow. In terms of attic ventilation, always important. Uh, continuous ridge and, vent so- and, and, and soffit vents are best. But a combination of all of those th- three things, I think, is going to straighten this problem out. Okay. Well, that sounds good. That sounds easy. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Well, thank you. Yeah, typically the only place you find mold in your kitchen is in the refrigerator. When <laughs> it gets to the cabinets, it's, it's not so good. On the cheese. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, we've got tips to bring the inside out with composite decking that looks just like exotic hardwood floors. We're going to tell you exactly how to accomplish that look in your backyard next. On the Money Pit Radio. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home improvement or your home repair question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Not only will you get the answer, but you'll get a chance to win our prize giveaway because this hour we're giving away the Proto Cantilever Toolbox from ConstructionEquipmentPlus.com. It's got four cantilever trays. Two of them have covers and will hold every tool you'll need for those weekend warrior projects. It's worth 94 bucks. Going to go out to one caller who has the courage, the bravery, <laughs> the fortitude to pick up the phone and call us with their question at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's right. Pick up the phone. We'd love to hear what you're working on. You know, maybe this season you're thinking about getting outside and building a new deck or creating an outdoor room. And I think what we're seeing as the latest outdoor living trend is actually bringing the inside outside. And that includes your decking materials. Now, rich hardwood floors, they're really popular right now. And translated into rich looking wood grains and beautiful colors can be an amazing treatment for your decking. Well, fortunately, you can have that look on your deck and not have to worry about the elements taking their toll on it because you would never want to take that same flooring you would use inside and bring it outside. It'll never stand up. Well, Fiberon, they've got a great product called Horizon Composite Decking that includes tropical looks with colors like Ipe and Rosewood. And they're really, I mean, gorgeous replications of the actual natural material. And with composites, there are so many advantages over using natural wood. Absolutely. And uh, these folks at Fiberon have a technology called Permatech, 
which is really awesome on the decking surface. It makes it resistant to stains, fading, mold, scratches, and even rot. It's also very low maintenance, and it's so durable that in addition to the 20-year warranty, Fibron offers the industry's first 10-year stain and fade-resistant warranty. If you want more tips on this product, you ought to go on over to Fibron's website at fiberondecking.com and look up the information on horizon composite decking also go to moneypit.com and search composite decking goes tropical you will find some of the same information along with some tips on how to have a great deck design the number again is one eight 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 money pit call us right now with your home improvement question especially love to talk with you if you've got a summer project planned that's going to help create that outdoor room that you're going to enjoy all season long Jeff in North Carolina needs some help up in the attic. What can we do for you? Well, my question is this. I have a a 1,600-square-foot ranch house, and I have vents uh, at both eaves. And a friend of mine was over, and he said that I could save some money uh, on my electric bill if um, under the soffits I would install uh, vents to kind of help the house to breathe. Instead of just using the two end eave vents, it would have more more places for the house to breathe. I was wondering, is that a good idea? And if so, what kind of spacing should I put these vents in the soffit? Well, Jeff, you have a very smart friend. He's giving you uh, well, excellent. He's giving you excellent advice. Um, how, how would that work? And, and how how should I space these vents? And you know, what would be the trick? Should I use like a hole saw, like what you'd use for a uh, a, a door set, or or what would be the what would be the way to kind of go about that? No, the best ventilation system is when you have continuous ridge and soffit venting. So, what kinds of roof vents do you have right now? It's just two at the eaves, you know, just yeah. two uh, louvers. Okay, so here's the, the here's the best way to to capitalize on a, on a straight gable roof. You add a continuous soffit vent, which means you remove the soffit material that's there right now and replace it with perforated soffit material. So it's not just a matter of cutting you know, holes into that soffit. It's a continuous You're, vent. It's a continuous, wide-open vent. And then you install what's called a ridge vent. Basically, you cut a slot in the top ridge of the roof and put a vent right over it. And so now you have a continuous ridge and soffit vent. And here's why that's a good idea. Because as the wind blows over the roof... It depressurizes the ridge and sucks the warm air from the attic, the moist air from the attic, everything you want to vent from the attic gets sucked out of that ridge through the depressurization that happens through the normal wind wind sort of cycle. And then the soffits is where the wind blows against the house and it goes up under it. So think about it. Air enters at the soffit, goes up under the sheathing, carries out the moisture, carries out the heat, and exits at the ridge, and that cycle repeats 24-7. And the last step after you have continuous soffit and continuous ridge vents is to go in the attic and close up the gable vents because those, those original vents will interrupt the flow that you've now created with the continuous ridge and soffit. Very nice, very nice. Well, I appreciate the advice, and that's uh, that's one project I can get on here at the end of the spring before it gets a little too hot to get up in there. So thank you guys so much for the tips. It's a perfect time to do just that. Jeff, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Leslie in Texas is unfortunately having a septic issue. <laughs> Tell us about the problem. I am. <laughs> um, I have an old uh, jet-style aerobic system. And the pump went out in one of the tanks, and we didn't know it. So it's leaked over into the neighbor's yard, and then we will report it. And now I'm told that the only resolution that we have is to have a whole new system put in. Do I have any other options? Well, you know, if you do put in the new system, the neighbors are going to have to in- invest in fertilizer this year, and that's <laughs> going to cost them a whole lot of money. So 
you know, there is a downside to this. Um, I see. So the system is leaking. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's certainly got to be repaired, if not replaced. Why do they say that it's unrepairable and that you can't, re- that, that, that the only solution here is replacement? Well, I'm told that um, whenever the system was put in back in the early 90s, there was no permit required. And now it's it's required that you have a permit. Yeah, and that's so, probably smart. The, the systems are probably going in a lot better these days because it is the, there is some oversight. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know that they can require you to replace it. I think they have to require that they certainly could require you to fix it because it's a public health threat. But I don't right. know. I have of, no uh, question about that. It's just I wondered if maybe this system could be upgraded or if I can just replace that part that is not working or. Yeah, but it's a leak. So it's a leak in one of the lines, correct? Well, actually, it's it's not a line. It's just one of the pumps in one of the tanks has gone out. So it's not pumping it into the next tank. Right. So it's so the system's not working properly because it's not right. lifting a, the waste from one to the next. Well, I would think that you simply could replace that pump. Did you have you talked to a septic uh, repair contractor about this? I have, and um, what he's telling me is that this system is obsolete. Okay. And so I I don't know I didn't know. Well, if, that if that's was the case, then you know now you're getting it from a couple of different sources. Uh, the system is so obsolete that you can't even get contractors to work on it. You may be better off replacing it. Talking to Dorothy in Texas, who's dealing with some holes in a floor. What happened? Uh, yes, we uh, when we drive in our garage when after we have the snow and we have uh, the salt off the highways, our garage floor crumbles. I'd mm. like to know what I can do uh, to repair that, or do I have to take the whole garage floor out? Well, it depends on the level of deterioration. If it's just some surface deterioration, that can be repaired with an epoxy patching compound. If the entire garage floor surface is really structurally deteriorated, then that might be a situation where it has to be broken out and replaced. But if it's just no, a it's t- minor... it's a small de- area. Well, if it's a very small area, then you can patch it with an epoxy patching compound. Mm-hmm. Like abacrete or abacast. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. These are self-leveling. You mix them up. You pour it onto the damaged area. It's going to fix itself and adhere to the area very well and make it nice and even and Uh-oh. smooth. But keep in mind, Dorothy, that the salts, especially that the highway department uses, you know, you'll see after a winter season when there's been a lot of salt deposits on that highway, a huge amount of potholes. You know, it does a great job of removing that snow and ice, but it also does a wonderful job of damaging the concrete. So you right. got to, you know, know that this is a repair that if you've got a wintry season, you know, a snowy winter, it's going to be something that you're going to have to sort of stay on top of because it'll continue to damage it. You know what I would recommend, huh. Dorothy? Fix the, the the pitted areas, fix the deteriorated areas, and then paint the entire garage floor with an epoxy paint. It's a two-part mix, very easy to do. You mix it up, it cures pretty quickly. Paint that whole floor, and that ought to protect it from that uh, road salt. Dorothy, thanks okay. so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, are you worried about your home security as you're making your plans for your big summer getaway? We're going to tell you which doors stand up to forced entry and which have the best locking system after this.
The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch, professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Choose the brand that pros trust most. Bostitch, available at Lowe's and other retailers. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, as we get into this warmer weather season, are you worried about your home security as you're making your summer vacation plans? Well, what about your family's safety when you're at home? You know, home invasions and break-ins are on the rise. So will your front door make the grade? And you know, it's a good question because according to the Burglary Prevention Council, 34% of all break-ins happen at the front door and 22% happen at the side door. That's 56% of all break-ins. All those burglars get into your house the same way you do through the door. So what can we do about that? Well, here to talk to us about that topic is Dave Proctor. He is the product manager for door systems at Thermatru and a guy that knows a lot about how to make a door really tough. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the program. Tom, thank you very much. That's a great introduction. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, you know, it really surprised me. 56% of all break-ins are at the door. I think when you think of burglars, you think of you know, windows and uh, basement windows and bedroom windows and things like that. But, but more than half the time, they just walk right in the door. Just bust it right on down is what they do because it's very easy to, to kick one open. Right. Well, let's talk about that. Um, first of all, the differences between the types of door materials in terms of their durability. We've got fiberglass wood doors and steel doors. Wood yep. obviously is the weakest. Well, I would say, um, you know, wood might not be the weakest, but it's the one that might wear out and rot and crack and split over time. So Mm -hmm. you have that to contend with and to be concerned about, where a fiberglass door, it won't do that. Um, Even steel doors might not necessarily break down, but they could dent and rust and corrode, which could weaken the structure of it. So that's why we promote our fiberglass doors, of course, because they're long-lasting, everlasting to the point where we provide lifetime warranties on all of our fiberglass doors now. Now, David, it seems to me that regardless of the material, when you get to the locking system that makes up the door, you know, whether you have a steel door or a wood door or a fiberglass door, if you just have one point of connection, doesn't that still make the door rather weak? Uh, there's no doubt about that. If you have one point of connection, it's very easy to flex that system, and that's how burglars most likely will break into the houses is it's very easy to flex both the door as well as the jam system. And so how you ward off that or how you prevent from that would be adding what we call a multi-point lock system, where you have three points of connection or locking into the jam system as opposed to the one that a standard deadbolt system would give you. So now you've got four total points because you've got the three from the locking system and then you've got the door handle latch system itself. We're talking to Dave Proctor. He's a product manager for manufacturer of Thermatrue. They make fiberglass and steel doors about door security. Over 56% of the break-ins in this country uh, by burglars are through either the front or the side door. We want some tips on how to make that a lot tougher. Let's talk about uh, the fiberglass material itself. I think uh, folks might think that it's fairly thin and you could break through that. Is that the case? Uh, No, it's actually very difficult to break through a fiberglass door. Of course, with the fiberglass in it itself, the glass particles, it makes it very, very tough. It's um, roughly um, two and a half uh, millimeters thick, and then you've got um, your styles, your wood styles going up and down the edge of the door as a frame construction. So you've got a very strong structure there with that fiberglass and then the wood frame that goes inside there. Now, in order to keep this door being, 
you know, so secure and so safe, does it have to be unattractive? Or are we able to, you know, create a door that's good looking and provide, you know, proper security? Oh, no, I'd, I'd like to think that all the doors that Thermatrue offers are very nice looking and have great appearances. Of, and so, you know, you don't have to sacrifice your, your appearance and your aesthetics for the safety. You know, you can take any one of those doors that we provide and add a multi-point lock to it. And another um, product that we also offer is what we call the adjustable security strike plate where it's not just your standard lip strike that goes on the face of the jam where the door latch would lock into, mm-hmm. but you also have, um, it also wraps around the whole jam system, so it gives security on both the front and the back of the jam, making it very stiff and very rigid so that when someone does give it a kick or try to flex that door system, it's not going to, it's not going to allow that, that lock to pop out of that strike plate. Yeah, and Dave, and speaking of uh, beauty of these doors, I know that you guys are on the hunt for the ugliest door in America. You are having a contest called the Ugliest Door in America that is running now through July 2nd. So if you're thinking, hey, I got an ugly door. Mm-hmm. I could use a new one. You could win a new fiberglass entry or patio door system worth up to 5000 bucks, Which is pretty nice. And that can totally change how the entire look and feel of your house is perceived. It can even make your house seem like it's worth a heck of a lot more money. Absolutely. If this sounds like something you'd like to check out, go to myuglydoor.com for details and information on how to enter. Dave Proctor, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Tom, Leslie, thank you very much. It was great talking to you again. Our pleasure. All right, up next, clean your outdoor furniture the right way and enjoy it all summer long. We're going to share tips with you on cleaning solutions and the right supplies that are going to help that furniture sparkle after this. You live in a Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by Fiberon Horizon Decking and their new tropical hardwood colors. Ensure your deck stays as beautiful as the rest of your home. Insist on Horizon Decking. To learn more, visit FiberonDecking.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at one money pit because not only are you going to get our best answer to your home improvement or your repair question, but you're going to get a chance to win our prize giveaway. And this hour, it's the Proto Cantilever Toolbox from ConstructionEquipmentPlus.com. And it's got four cantilever trays, and two of them actually have covers. So they're going to hold everything in there without spilling anything over at all even if you drop the darn thing. And it's really got a space for every hand tool that you're going to need for whatever project on your honey-do list that you're going to tackle this weekend. It's worth 94 bucks, so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Hey, do you want to give that grimy, grungy outdoor furniture a quick facelift? It is really easy with a good cleaning. Here's what you need to know. For plastic furniture, you want to mix a little dish detergent, some borax, and a half cup of peroxide into one gallon of water. Let the mixture sit for 10 to 15 minutes and then use it to scrub all of your plastic outdoor furniture with a nylon brush before rinsing it very, very well. You just want to test a small area at first to make sure the peroxide does not react negatively with the furniture, but for the most part, it works super well and will get all of that grunge off that's been 
collecting all winter long. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've got wood furniture, you want to make sure that you oil the wood surfaces with a sealant or a preservative, and you want to find one that's appropriate for whatever type of wood that your furniture is made out of. Now, once you've done that, you can actually clean the furniture a couple of times a month with oil soap. And if you've got metal furnishings, you want to use soapy water and a lot of elbow grease, unfortunately, but that will do the trick. And you can remove any rust or stains that are just stubborn and not coming off with a little sandpaper. And if you've got some uneven spots, go ahead and pick up a can of spray paint that's made for metal. It not only will make the furnishings look fantastic, but it covers up everything. So it's very forgiving and you can start fresh with your metal furniture all over again. 888-666-3974. Start fresh with your next home improvement project by giving us a call first. Joseph from Indianapolis has a question. Welcome to the Money Pit. I have, I'm putting the flooring down I got for lumber liquidators. Okay. I'm putting the quarter round. I have a hard time pounding them nails up against her. I tried paneling nails. I don't know if I'm using the right thing because it's a, a real pain. Okay. You know? Yeah, it's hard. You got big thumbs, right? And uh, little nails. Yeah. Well, here's what I would do. I would get a very small, very thin drill bit. I would pre-drill uh, that quarter round molding. I would insert not paneling nails, which tend to bend really easily. I would use regular finish nails, like number four finish nails, pre-drill them through the quarter round, and then place the molding in, finish off by nailing them through the rest of the way, and then set those nails with a nail set, hit it with some colored putty, and you're good to go. Thank you very much, and I yep. enjoy your show. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Roberta in Minnesota, welcome to the Money Pit. What's going on at your house? Well, I have a sanitary sewer, and I was just wondering, instead of using harsh chemicals to clean it out, like with the tree roots and stuff, what could I use? Do you know, Roberta, that you do have tree roots in those pipes? Years ago there was. I got okay. a maple tree out in the front yard. And so do you suspect that there still is, or you just want to do something preventatively? To preventively. Well, you don't want to use chemicals for that either. What you would want to do is snake it out. That's something that a professional uh, could do for you, like a, a you know, Roto-Rooter or something of that nature, um, because you can't put enough chemicals in that pipe to kill those roots, believe me. It's a mechanical repair. You have to run a snake down there, and it grabs the roots, and it pulls it out. Now, if you're just concerned about whether the pipe is in good shape or not, another thing that could be done is a camera inspection. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these plumbers are fully equipped today to run camera lines down those pipes, and they can actually see the inside of it. And if it turns out that you need any kind of a repair, there's also a way to kind of repair it from the inside out without even digging it up. So the technology has gotten a lot smarter uh, for examining, maintaining, and repairing uh, those sewer lines as they go from the house to the street. So there's nothing put in there to get rid of, like, the toilet paper and stuff that's in there? No, not, that would not be something I would recommend. And, in fact, if you don't have a problem with it, I wouldn't mess with it. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Jeremy in Missouri has a flooring question. What can we do for you today? Yes, ma'am. Um, my wife and I, we've just purchased our first home. Hey, congratulations. We, yeah, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's been a fun ordeal. And <laughs> we, we just spent uh, really the whole last couple of days um, painting almost every room in the house. And okay. we had our in-laws come and help with us, which was great. The only downside is uh, not everyone was as careful about um, splatter and cracking paint around. Uh -huh. <laughs> so um, what, I was wondering, what is the best way to get like a latex paint up off of a hardwood floor 
without running the finish or doing anything like that. The whole house is just gorgeous hardwood floors. And you've never heard of the term drop cloth? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there's something called uh, uh, people stepping it and tracking it around the house. Yay! I love the shoe print. We had it where where I thought we needed it, but it didn't get everywhere else. Uh, What I think you could do is you could use a scotch pad. You'll find uh-huh. that the latex paint doesn't stick real well to the to the uh, finish, the clear finish on the hardwood floors. So if you use like a Scotch Brite, like one of those green pads, it's like you know a Scotch Brite pad on one side and a sponge on the other. Mm-hmm. Sure, it will probably rub that paint right off. Yeah, you might okay. need to dip it into some water and even some like dish soap or something. You might have to do it a couple of times. Yeah, but it should come off and it shouldn't um, have a mm. bad effect on the finish. You can okay, also so you um, that at all. yeah, you can also take like a credit card or a, a plastic putty knife or something like that and actually scrape it off too. Yeah, and there's okay. um, you know, goof off or like goo gone those products that are used to get rid of like stickers when you peel something off sure. of glass. There's sure. actually goo gone makes one that's called the Painter's Pal. Which sort of just disintegrates like the latex paint splatter and not harm the hardwood floor. You could try that. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, well, thank you all very much. Appreciate your help. You're welcome, Jeremy, and good luck with that house. Call us on your next project, okay? <laughs> all right, will do. <laughs> you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. When we come back, we're going to jump into our email bag and share some tips with you from our listeners. See, we listen to you guys, and we love to share your information, so stick around. Hey, 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 Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, if you haven't been to MoneyPit.com for a while, you should visit because the site is gorgeous and it's super helpful. And, you know, a little while ago, it got a redesign and it looks absolutely fantastic. And best part about MoneyPit.com is if you're looking for some great spring and summer project ideas, how to make your house really sparkle this season when you're outside and truly enjoying the property, you can search the website by project. You can search by topic. You can search by room, like bathroom, kitchen, exterior space. You will find a ton of great ideas and useful information on the website that will really help you get your projects done very well. And it's all at moneypit.com, and it's all free. And while you're there, you can email us your question. And I've got one here from Lou in Rhode Island who writes, I'm sure that you've heard all about the flooding here in Rhode Island. Man, they really did get hammered in the springtime. Um, My basement got lots of water and I had to pull off the wallboard. My question is about a lolly column that I found right next to the wall resting on the particle board subfloor. Wow, did it fall down? This column (laughs) is supporting a header that has two other lolly columns in the middle of the header. The header is secured into the foundation and it's obvious that this lolly column isn't holding a lot of weight since it's being held up by a piece of waterlogged particle board. But what should I do? Well... Who knows why that column was put in place, but if there's no structural reason for it, and if it obviously hasn't been working before, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, sometimes people put extra columns in because there's a section that's sagged, or maybe there was a bit of a bounce in the column, and it was flexing, and it was making the china cabinet rattle Mm. upstairs or things like that. I don't know why that column was put in. But if it's essentially hanging there in midair, it's the, the you know it's not offering any structural support. So I don't think that you need to put it back. 
All right, and we're going to leave you with a tip from a listener. We've got one from Dave who says, hey, a caller was talking about spots on dishes. Well, we add vinegar to the dispenser, and when we put the packet on the bottom of the washer and in the compartment where the packet is supposed to go, then we add about four tablespoons of vinegar, and this gets the dishes so clean and keeps the spots away for good. Thanks a lot for that tip, Dave. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other Money Pit listeners out. Well, are you thinking about redoing your kitchen or bathroom? We know that you're probably counting every dollar. We are, and there is a sneaky trick to save money on this project if it involves tile. Leslie's got that tip in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Mm -hmm. You know, tile, it really makes or breaks a project. So if you've got a low-budget but really high on your design dreams, you want to make sure that when you're choosing your tile to keep costs down, that you choose a simple and inexpensive tile that'll cover that main field portion of your kitchen's backsplash or your bathroom walls. And then what you can do to really punch up the design and give it a wow factor is you can mix in a few beautiful decorative tiles that are you know rich in color, have a lot of style, maybe they've got some visual interest to sort of break up that field of that more simple, less expensive tile but this way you know you're using just that decorative tile as a small detail here and there maybe it's just a border maybe it's you know scattered all around and that's really going to keep the cost down and because you're using so few of them you can really splurge on those special pieces so it's a great way to sort of really get a big bang for your buck and get good impact in those areas so think creatively and look at your wallet while you're shopping for those tiles This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to take a field trip. We're heading to the 2010 National Hardware Show. It's a huge home improvement event where all of the new home improvement products are going to be rolled out by manufacturers. The stuff that you're going to see on store shelves for at least the next 12 months. We will be there. It's a show that's not open to the public, but we will be there checking it out first and bringing that information to you with a live broadcast from the show floor. It's a lot of fun. And wait till you see all the cool things that we discover that you're going to want to get your hands on so that you can help take care of your house this year. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.